Andrew Boyer, middle-aged white man. Ladies, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We can make him better than he was before. Better. Smarter. Woke. Please don't say woke. What happens when you take Facebook arguments between friends who don't agree and have them face to face? I'm Xanthi. And I'm Andrew. And this is We've, We've Got, Got Issues. Issues. All right, welcome back to We've Got Issues. Uh, I'm Andrew. And I'm Xanthi. And uh, we have a guest today. And I have to tell you, uh, I think our odds of pulling off the guest thing, internally, I'm thinking about 30%. But, I, I would put it higher. But I the, have faith in us. The, um, you know, the good news is we, we've only got one listener, which is Toby. So that, <laughs> that will be, um, you know, it's if a tree falls in the woods and Toby, will Toby hear hears it. it. Yes, yeah, it's it true. Really call. So uh, our guest is uh, Bill Dawes. Uh, Fellow, fellow Princeton alum, who and, some of you may know. And professional comedian, mm-hmm. um, which I think is perfect because we've got, we're talking a lot about comedians in the news today with Louis C.K. But it probably won't be funny. Uh, no, I, I presume he'll be funny. No, no, Bill will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> the conversation about comedians may take a darker turn. Well, or it could be funny. You might find the funny in it. <laughs> All right, that's I, your challenge. I'm, that's I'm, your challenge. I'm certainly open to the funny. Uh, so, um, but uh, before we get to all of that, I think we're going to do our, our famous bit, Not My Tribe, in which we uh, take questions from the opposite side of the political stri- spectrum. Uh, and I think Bill's going to help me out if uh, I'll we do can. my best. Yeah. And I by, think, yeah. by the way, I figured out because uh, we never have a prize. We do this we, thing. But we the, pretend. So here's the prize, and I can't do it this week, but my, <laughs> so my prize pretend. is if you don't... Yeah, it's still pretend. But if you don't get three out of five right or six out of ten, I'm going to get Milo Yiannopoulos on your home answering machine. <laughs> <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> The reverse NPR. And he's, you know, hi, this, that is, is, a, this is Milo. That is a really horrifying Leave thought. a message for Xanthi. I think that's that will be the prize. I, I don't know. Maybe you can get Naomi Wolf for me. But uh, anyway. I'll think of someone much better. All right, go ahead. So the, uh, All right, so, so uh, it's my turn to ask the questions. Yeah. So we're going to do it that way this week. And um, I think the ground rules are that if, Andrew, you're totally stumped, we're going to let Bill take a... Yeah, I can call a friend. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. All right, so... Uh, question number one, uh, what did former Republican Speaker of the House John Boehner call the current White House in a very lengthy interview he did with Politico last week? A uh, shit show? Oh, very good. That was actually a guess. What? Wow. Yeah. Good job. But it is a shit show, oh so that's Oh my god, so I guess he was right. He's okay, good. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, so I did have a little, um, that's amazing. I did have a bonus question for mm-hmm. you, um, which is how many packs a day of cigarettes does John Boehner smoke? John Boehner, I, you can't smoke three, a two pack a day. He's a two pack a day. Andrew, guy. your guessing ability is phenomenal. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. really good. I test I'm well. It's, it was how I, I did well. <laughs> now we know how you got into Princeton. Like, it's always C, you know. Yeah. All right, good, very good. All right, good start. Um, here's another one, which may be a little bit of a gimme also. Uh, to whom did the president recently say, you have no weight problems? That's the good news, right? Oh. That's a good question. Uh, it's it would be really funny if it was somebody like a starving, you know, orphan <laughs> from Africa. Like that would be that's something like that would be ideal. Like you're not where, that far off, right? It's somebody who um, is is like skinny because they have like a flesh eating virus. Um, <laughs> do you know? Oh my god, I would oh. go. With, 
Yeah, go. You, 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 what? I think I know. I think I know. Go ahead. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know at all. I think it's like they were kids. They were kids who, with, with Halloween candy. Halloween candy? Oh, my God. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He had um, a whole bunch of kids around his desk for a, like, video photo yeah, op. that's right. And they were kids of journalists. So right off the bat, he obviously hates children and especially hates children of journalists. And he said many nasty things to them along the lines of, uh, are you going to grow up to be like your parents? Oh, God. Uh, but actually the best moment, I think, was when he said uh, he was finally handing out the candy, which is why these poor kids had been brought there. And he said, uh, as he gave him the candy, he said, you have no weight problems. That's the good news, right? Yeah. It was a great moment. He I it. highly recommend watching that video. I have, yeah. It's, I'm not offended by that. It's hilarious. <laughs> okay. All and right. extremely uncomfortable. Okay. Three for so three. So I think you got that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty good at this. All right. Um, next. Uh, uh, John Kelly um, made a statement recently, the, the, Kelly, yeah. the um, White House Chief of Staff, mm -hmm. um, about the Civil War. And he laid the Civil War um, uh, down to a, a specific failure of American democracy. Um, do you know what, what he thought, why he thought we ended up fighting the Civil War? Robert E. Lee's inability to compromise. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Right. Got one. Yeah. Okay, so he did say we had a Thank lack of ability to compromise, yep. um, leading many people to question um, compromise yeah, on what exactly. What, yeah, what, what about that whole slavery thing? So that yeah. was a gimme, but it was a miscommunication, the, really, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like they just, they didnn't, you know, it was like an episode of Nobody Three's really Company. Knew. Yeah. They just didn't quite understand. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I do have a bonus question, yeah. which is going to draw on your knowledge of American history, which is can you name three laws? that were passed in the decades leading up to the Civil War that might relate to this issue. Of comp like the Missouri Compromise? Okay, yep, yeah. that's number one. That's, that's 1820. The Fugitive Slave Act? Look at you. That is a good one, but it does not have the word compromise in it. Oh, 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 oh. So oh, I'm not gonna... the, um, oh, so other compromises. That's a good question. There was a, uh, oh, I'm never gonna get this. There was a, I can't remember. Well, um, so, so I found three. Uh, yeah, three compromises. In my extensive online research. They were, that's good. Okay, uh, go ahead. What are the Missouri other Missouri Compromise in yeah. 1820, the Compromise of 1850, yeah. and then, in fact, the Three-Fifths Compromise. Oh, in the, oh. In the Constitution mm. itself. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, really, John Kelly gets a big thumbs down, I think. Because you're saying that... That they Not did. only is he saying something idiotic about right. slavery, but in fact ignoring the um, history leading up to the Civil War, okay. in which the word compromise was constantly invoked I see. as a way to avo avoid the Civil War. Okay. Right. You're not, I'll, you're I'll, not give you, I'll give you that point. That was, that was deep cut. That was. That was a deep cut. Right? <laughs> yeah. That was my longest question. I'm going to have to. Yeah. That was, it's, a, it's a thinker. Yeah. It was a thinker. Yeah. Well, here's a fun one then okay. to lighten up the mood. All right. Um, how did a fellow Republican lawmaker in Alabama defend Roy Moore, Senate candidate? Oh, I think I knew that. Against the recent he, allegations. I do, that I do he, know that. that he, he basically said, well, do you know this? I don't know. He said that basically that Jesus, um, like oh, Mary and Joseph, Mary, uh, yes. was a September-May relationship. And therefore, it was okay for Roy Moore uh, to be... Uh, Hitting on 14-year-olds. To have, to have that, that kind of a structure. When he was 32. So, so wait, but how, how does that relate to the, the pedophilia, the Joseph and Mary? He basically said... Mary was a teenager. Oh. Joseph was a grown. He actually said an oh, adult, there was an a... adult carpenter, as if that was. So relevant. here's where I have a. And those were Jesus's parents. So really, he, his I... full quotation was: "They became parents of Jesus. 
There's nothing immoral or illegal here. Maybe just a little bit yeah, unusual. But the weird thing about that is that Jesus was supposedly immaculately conceived. So they were supposedly did yes. not have sex. <laughs> Solid right? point. So he came right from hole. God. There's another so, hole in his argument. So, yeah. <laughs> but maybe like Joseph was, you know, touching yeah. Mary, you know, over her jeans or something. <laughs> oh so God. maybe that was. Oh, stop. Oh, um, I think we're I think we're gonna get a lot of like. And also, didn't people die at age twenty eight back then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to get things going. So Mary early. was basically. But 75. I think um, I think it's so. I'm not a fan of Roy Moore, and I think. But at the same time, don't you feel like this should have come out before the election? Like that's well, the one thing that makes election, me kind of. It's just not before the primary. Right. Oh, I, I guess that's right. But uh, it seems to me like this is. You find the I timing. Hate, you find the timing I hate, suspicious. I actually hate October surprises. You know, like when you get yeah. this, like, you're oh, not Andrew. You're not the only one. You and Hillary Clinton have something in common. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it, it always happens, but it, to me, that I always just think, like, if we're gonna throw this guy under the bus, like, let's throw him under the bus, like, <laughs> You'd earlier. Rather it happened but, earlier. But I feel like that's with everything, even with entertainment, like Louis C.K. Of course, it happened when the movie like yeah. is premiering. They're holding on to it because then they get the most bu- buzz, yeah, the most media. There's so many people who've done so much awful. Are you allowed to curse? What's the deal? Can you curse? I think yeah, a little cursing is you okay. can do it. We've done so so much. There's so many people who've like assaulted and like, but you don't hear about it because they don't have a movie coming out and they don't have a series and they're not big names anymore. Mm. Like Eddie Griffin, can we say that on, on there? Anyway, but <laughs> wow, you're outing Eddie. Okay. Oh yeah, but uh, but the, but the point is. You know, you have to wait till someone gets famous again until you can kind of like get the attention for we're it. We're going to ask you about that. Yes. You were right. going after Bikram Yoga, and I want to ask you about this that. This is a big question but, we're going to have for you. Um, All right. so but we we're only have... almost done with our bit. Yeah, almost our done. Very good bit. I know. Um, very professional. Right, here's one. Yeah. When Sarah Huckabee Sanders yes. was asked by Jim Acosta from CNN why, at a cabinet meeting last week, Trump called the American justice system, quote, a joke. And quote a laughing stock. Yeah. What, what was her response? Well, I you know she just backed him up with some kind of a lie. Um, but <laughs> I mean she's. I think that Sarah Huckabee Sanders does the job that like she's supposed to do pretty well, right? Yeah. Which is just she just gets up there and deflects and spins and uh, and as opposed to Spicer who actually like wanted to like be a good person like I don't think oh. she cares like Spicer wanted to be a yeah good I think Spicer Spicer well, at I some disagree. level wanted to be liked and wanted to be perceived as honest and and was torn well, and that I was what it was so entertaining was like you would see him you know dig himself into these holes because he was so conflicted about these things oh, and, I just think he was worse at the job than, than she well exactly was. right yeah, yeah so um but so what she said sorry the exact quote was um did he call the American justice system a joke and a laughing stock I think she said that they misquoted him on that. So she Take said, it out of context. Uh, yeah, there's well, a context. Kind yeah, kind of. Right. What she said was, that's not what he said. He said, the process has people calling us a joke yeah. and a laughing stock. That's, that's like, right. That's like, I didn't call you a C word. I said, you're acting like the C word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly right. It's crazy. And then the best part is actually what the president actually said, which I went back and found. And he said, we're a joke uh, and a laughing stock. He said, we need quick justice and we need strong justice. Much quicker and much stronger than we have right now. Because what we have right now is a joke and it's a laughing stock. Yeah. So sometimes I get the feeling you don't like our president. <laughs> <laughs> he's my, he's Not my, my president. He's my favorite. Um, See, I think he wants to say his name. 
We, yeah. yeah. And we disagree on You're that. like Broad City. You won't say their name. No. no. Yeah, Andrew thinks Voldemort. that it just gives him, Andrew thinks it gives him more power yeah. that I don't say his name. The Harry Potter. Thing. Oh yeah, the Voldemort yeah. thing. But I don't. Yeah. I just can't. It just makes me yeah. feel so. sick. Um, all right. So, so how'd I do? You did well. There's a little bit of like a follow-up, which is just because we did this last time, and I think maybe this is going to be ongoing, which is, can you name three more men who've been hit by oh, allegations yeah. of sexual it's assault a, or harassment since our last show? It's so hard to keep up with it. Um, yeah, because that's why I think it's important it, for our It happens audience. literally like one a day nowadays. Mm-hmm. But um, One a day. That's a conservative estimate. Well, Louis C.K., I think, is obviously the big one. We're going to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, uh, I didn't know about Eddie Griffin. That, that's new. I knew Al Cap. Do you know who Al Cap is? Wasn't he a cartoonist? Came, yeah, he was a cartoonist yeah. back in the day. Apparently, a cartoonist. Is a dead still, cartoonist from Little like Abner. I, mean, I, I read that. I was like, oh, maybe I'll keep that one just in I case think, anything like, else. Come on, me. we can't go and talk about dead, okay, dead men because um, then it would be everybody. Who? Uh, Roy uh, Moore, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, that's two. You got two. That's two. I'm trying to think if there's other... Spacey was already done. No, no. That's since our last show. There we go. Three yeah. for three. Oh, I can name three more on top of go that. Ahead, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. Charlie Sheen. Nice. No, I heard... There's something about Charlie Sheen and Corey Haynes. Corey that, Haynes. Okay. So is Charlie Sheen bisexual? Is that the implication? I, guess. I think he's just like... He's like just a whatever. scary person. <laughs> and right. sexual, trisexual. <laughs> when he gets like coked up, like, like anything goes. But no. this is not surprising to anybody, yes. I'm assuming, right? Okay. But apparently, and apparently... Surprising to me... Yeah, I heard about it like a long time ago. Like That's icon. crazy conspiracy theory, but yeah. What is he like an icon of masculinity to you, Andrew? No, I just uh, I thought he was heterosexual. Is basically what. It was so like, yes, yeah. And That's surprising. Have sex with boys. We like gay. had sex with like all these <laughs> you know hookers and. <laughs> he's into um, Greek tutelage. Um, well, but I guess so. That, he's really ruined his. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. So and then who else? Charlie Sheen. Well, Neil deGrasse. Well, that one, that was like breaking news. You walked in the door with Neil deGrasse yeah, yeah. Tyson. And then Jeremy Piven. Oh, right. That's also since our last show, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Brett, Brett Ratner. And Brett I, have Ratner. A, I have a question for you. Do you think, and I think about this, the Kevin Spacey, you know these sort of people that you see them and they're like, wow, that's a really compelling villain. Like James Woods. Yes. Or um, Kevin Spacey, where you're like, there's just something about that. And we look at that guy and we're like, that guy scares me a little mm. bit. Do you think that that's like... Do you think that that's sort of real? Like that's just something we are intuiting, something that actually is there and that we see it? Or do you think that some of those people are just really good actors and you can't judge based on someone who always oh, gets those a, roles? I think, I think there's there's definite, definite truth to that. I know that uh, like when I played a rapist on SVU a few months ago, like I know that in my mind I had to be like, I yeah. had to dig into every dark thought I had. And if that's what you're doing for your, your living and those are the characters you play, yeah. then you're living in a dark place for a lot of your, lot yeah. of your life, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's something to that, but I don't Yeah. Know. Well, remember like Heath Ledger, you know, he was doing that yeah. Joker thing and it kind of drove him insane. Yeah. Um, arguably. So. Mm-hmm. so I don't know. I don't know. Chicken well, no, I mean, he started taking a lot of drugs, drug but addiction. I, yeah, but I don't know. It might've been chicken and egg, but yeah. like, I think there was an element of like, this was a very, so I just want to say like from a, from a female perspective, um, it's funny to me that like you would look at Kevin Spacey and be like, Ugh, I always had like a creepy feeling about him. Well, he was in every creepy movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, be, like I just wonder if women. And... I just wonder. I don't know. To me, that seems really reductive because there's also a lot of guys who don't give off a creepy vibe, like 
Bill Cosby. Yeah, or how <laughs> like Bill people, Cosby was creepy as fuck. No, he was me? eventually, oh but not while he was not while he was on the Cosby. I didn't show. think he was ever creepy. I on always thought he was show, like America's dad. And when he did those Jello pop ads, yeah. he was like yeah, yeah. he was. I mean, I hate to say it, but like he was adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You can and see it now, maybe in retrospect. Now it seems like he was always creepy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I think you know. I just think some. Of, I don't. I think it's a. I think it's a red herring. But like Seinfeld, so if you heard that Seinfeld was going around being a serial molester, you'd be like, no way. Is that I would possible? be surprised. I would be surprised. But I felt that way with Bill Cosby, honestly. So I had a question for you. So, you know, I noticed that you do a lot of this on your on your Facebook. You kind of try to be provoke, right? And uh, like kind of get it, the <laughs> Is it provoking or is it being I mean, funny? Xanthi does it for her own reason. She does it in a sort of a political way. She has. <laughs> She's saving the world. You're doing yeah. it, I think, as part of your career. Well, are you? That's the question. Yeah. It's a, it is a good question. It's something that I've, I've, I've started. I guess there's a part, and a lot of it has to do with this. Uh, uh, I'm dealing with apartment eviction, and I, and I kind of sort of come around to this idea that it amazes me how cowardly people are. Like, people are such goddamn pussies, and they won't, they won't stand up for anything unless it directly affects them. Yeah, it's true. And people are so afraid to make an opinion, and they're so and and I just kind of got real tired of seeing that. And I said, well, you know, if I feel something, and and I and I really feel it in my heart, I'm gonna put it on Facebook to a degree. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I almost wanted to put on on Facebook today. I said, hey, I actually don't think that what Louis C.K. did is assault. Yeah. And I think that the fact so, that people are so afraid to attack him, and now they're so afraid to defend him, is is exactly what's wrong with the fucking country right so now. here's the question though because you're a comedian right yeah. then you always have this back door where somebody says blah blah, blah then somebody mike mool said this in one of our conversations he uh a friend he said basically like well just keep in mind bill is a professional yes. comedian yes. and this is what he does this is part of his job and so hmm. is that make like so hmm. where does that you know if people try to take that seriously and try to actually argue with you are they kind of just Kind of falling into a like how how do how do you think people should engage with those kinds of things? That's a really good question. I think I will say this as a white male straight comic doing comedy. Caveat, yeah. caveat, um, caveat. There is I, I, I'm not even talking about like on Facebook or in the world. I'm talking about on stage. It's a very difficult. It's a much more difficult world. Yeah, I've gotten like heckled and gone up in front of silence so much more in the past month than I have in the previous eleven years. That's amazing. Yeah. It's a different place now. Yeah, like I did. A, I did a, a, a show where I talked about it was the week of Harvey Weinstein. It was probably not the best yeah. time. Yeah. But I said, my friend Lawrence Vaughn is the one who he jerked off into a plant in front of. You know what I mean? The and woman. You know the woman. I, I know her. Yeah. yeah. Well. So um, and she thought it was hilarious. I mean, she thought that I'm was not, funny. I'm not saying she wasn't a little like trauma, but she wasn't like, oh my god. You know, she's right. like, oh my god, it's fucking creep. Right. So, um, what's different than being physically assaulted? Yes, I agree. Yes. Yeah. So I, I said, to massage I said, how weird is it that like he's such a pig that he's going to take off his clothes and and jerk it in front of a girl, but then have the propriety to like, oh, excuse me, and then finish in a plant? Yeah, <laughs> that's like when you feel well, see like a used condom on the on the yeah. street. Right. right. You know what I mean? You're like you're like oh, someone's going to be so reckless and debaucherous, they're going to have sex in the street, but wear a condom because you're responsible. <laughs> and the weird thing is, I'm wondering whether like semen is good for plants. Oh, <laughs> Andrew, I guess that's where I'm I definitely thinking. wasn't. It might be. <laughs> it might be healthy for the plants. <laughs> is that weird that that's what I'm thinking about? Um, but yeah. We're not but the point is, that. but the point is, a, a comic f- followed me. Uh, this woman named Jen Friedman, who's a great comic, but she just came in and she just, she just me. 
Yeah. Which you shouldn't really do to another comic on a show. Right. Yeah, that seems like Why don't I she's like, that's, you know, sexual assault isn't funny. And, and, and right. I was like going, what the fuck? Right, yeah. right. I wasn't saying like, look at these bitches deserving. I wouldn't say anything. I was like, that to me is something funny about the Harvey Weinstein. And honestly, you, you were making fun of Harvey Weinstein. Yes. I just want to circle back to something that you said, Bill, which... Um, again, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be funny with it, but I think it's important. Which is, you said that you're sick of that. You notice that people only stand up for things when it affects them personally. Yeah. And I actually just read something that was said: privilege is when you only stand up for what directly affects you. Yes. Right. And that I mean, and I think that's something that we talk about a lot here, and that, that or that I think about a lot. Maybe I don't always say it, which is um, I think we're wrestling with this idea of like. You guys are both white men who've grown up, you know, relatively privileged. I am a white woman who's also had privileges, um, but I come at it from a slightly different point of view, um, which is like, what? when do you reach a point where you start um, standing up for things that might not be actually hurting you and might... Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I... Um, and you wrote a piece in Huffington Post uh, that I think is a companion to this, where you were sort of saying that women um, who maybe weren't sexually harassed or who just kind of were sexually harassed, but they just kind of moved on past it, they should still be <laughs> outraged, right? Yes. And like, and the idea that you should be taking a stand for people, even though it didn't affect you directly, um, but that you know you should nevertheless. Well, to me, it's I, all about what happens down the road. I'm actually less interested in what happens to the people, like. What's happening right now is interesting with all these men who are having their bodies of work questioned and altered and, you know, things taken away from them. But to me, the point is actually what's going to happen in the future because of what's happening right now. Yeah. And I think, like, Bill, you were saying, you know, you're noticing different responses to, you know, different kinds of comedy. And that's a small thing, but it's important. And I think the bigger question is, like, how are people's actions going to change? And yeah. honestly, even if men are just terrified now of what might happen if they say or do certain things like I actually don't see that as a bad thing because honestly women have been terrified for ever. yeah no I, I yeah think, yeah we could we could not as white men agree with her to a degree yeah no I think I Converts. think I think you're right that things are going to change and I think things are changing in, in interesting ways um I think one of the the challenges is of when you start going outside of your own thing and you start empathizing with people that you don't you're not in their shoes, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you start getting outraged about things, uh, that can kind of lead to sort of sure. witch hunts. That sure. can lead to just sort of manufactured outrage. There's dangers. You're actually there's, not connected. There's dangers. So, in many cases, you're not connected. You know, you just like this woman who identified with being black and being part of the NAACP, yes. and you're like, you. How are you accessing all of this victimhood and outrage if that's not? part of who you are like in, but in, I mean you know there's also like that's kind of a ridiculous argument because then by that argument that like why did white why did white people stand up with Martin Luther King like right no, that's right so there's it's I don't think I would say nuanced rather than ridiculous <laughs> I think that that there is a there's a line right there's a line where you have to say hey I'm gonna empathize yeah right and then there's a line by which after you you can you can over you can sure. over put yourself in that situation, you can feel outrage that maybe isn't even real. Well, certainly pretending to be black was like, that right. was a step too far. Right. Obviously. So, so I think that she we identified to, uh, as black. What's wrong with that? <laughs> right. Xanthi liberal right. elite. Yeah. Um, her voice. She felt that that was her authentic self. Um, we do want to definitely ask you about Louis C.K. Um, since that is something that so you, were say, you were saying, go again. You said that you think that Louis C.K. did not sexually assault. Okay. Let's, he got let's, let's break this down. 
Okay, in 2002, when he was not a powerful man, mm-hmm. he was a name in comedy, but a name, not a name in the world. He wasn't like yeah. EPing before shows. His, right? you know, his, before his ascent. Long before his ascent. And he was at the Aspen Comedy Festival where everyone is drunk the whole time mm-hmm. and you're like in elevated air. It's a very silly. It's like Sunday. <laughs> it's it's the altitude. silly. You know what I mean? I don't want excuses. That sounds like an apologist. But, you're going to blame the altitude. Then they go to his hotel room late at night after partying. Now, I'm sorry. I've told multiple like female friends of mine. They're like, I'm going to go over to blah, blah, blah's hotel after show. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like that right. to him is an indication that you want to do something. Yeah. Okay, so they went to they, they went to his hotel, to and then he said, and then he said, "Hey guys, do you mind if I masturbate to you?" Yeah. And apparently, they don't say they didn't say no. Right. They giggled or they, but, thought, he was, they, they thought he sat, was kidding. They, and they sat on the bed. Yeah. Right. And the answer to that question probably is always yes. It's right? like, oh yeah, sure. Mind. Like somebody asked me that, I yeah. would say, you know. That that never been asked that before, yeah. but that yeah. probably would. Yeah, but they never, and you never will be but asked they, that by a woman. But they skirted. <laughs> they skirted. As far that, as you know, <laughs> yeah. Not you personally. They skirted that question because they said we thought he was kidding. You thought he was kidding, so you said what? Right. right. But they sat on the bed together, right. and then yeah. he started doing it, and then they held hands and they laughed <laughs> and like giggled, and then right. he finished. So they waited till I don't know how long. Look, I don't. It takes me a while, you know. I yeah. That actually, yeah, the, the idea of having to masturbate in front of two women actually fills me with terror. Well, like in a way that, like, I don't do think it. I could. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, obviously, so like, it did not fill him with terror. Yeah. So he's a 36, 37 year old man. I have trouble peeing in front of other men, you know, people. So like, I yeah, can't exactly. possibly do that. But. So he did. So I'm not saying it probably took a couple minutes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then they waited until he came. Yeah. And then they left, and then they went like, Did you know what, Louis C.K.? And they went and told everybody. Right. Now, he didn't do anything to them. He didn't threaten their careers. He had right. no power over them. Right. He never uh, violated consent. Yeah. His manager said, hey, maybe don't go around telling everyone you know that this happened. Right. Now, 15 years later, they're coming forward. But aren't there yeah, seven there was, more like, there five, Yes, but every allegation is, is kind of... One girl is like, he was jerking off over the phone. Okay. Maybe he was, but that's, you know... Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was just—I don't know. Maybe I, he had an itch. I, Who knows? I think he needs to. Um, he'll he'll come out. I, I presumably and address this. And that's and you I say think, that, and yet his publicist, whose name bizarrely I just have to point out, his publicist's name is Louis K. That's no. what? Weird. Yes. What? Yes. A oh, publicist. Yeah, the not the agent. The, there's there's no, an his agent. His publicist who, is called Louis K, which actually makes me think he's doing like a Trump thing, where he's like or pretending, Andy, Andy pretending to be his own well, publicist. Well, he but edits anyways. and produces and yeah, does everything right? for his own shows. I mean, that's just weird. But his publicist comment was like, he's not going to comment on these. And then the other woman, Rebecca Corey, they were doing a show together again. I don't think he was her boss. Yeah. I, I don't know what the relationship with the show. I don't think he was the boss. Right. I think she was like the lead in the pilot. And I guess he felt a vibe and he said, hey, can, can we go to a bathroom? Can I masturbate? And she said, no. I was like, I was like, I declined. Like, it was like, that's a nice invitation, but I declined. Um, and that was it. That was the extent of it. And yeah. that to me is like, again, like you did something creepy in 2006, or 2005. Yeah. She said, no. What are you violating? It's interesting there? that you point out that he wasn't. Because what I would have said is, well, he's a famous guy. They felt pressure to be there. You're saying he actually wasn't that famous. Then. 2006, is, no. Can I, can I ask you a question? So one of the things that comes up a lot of times is like he's a comedian and they're comedians. So this is like a workplace thing. Yeah. And is that just total being in that business? Is that total crap? Like, like when you're, you know, like well, I know this well, is your job, but like just because somebody else is a comedian and you're a comedian, like does that make you like 
co do live in this this world now where um, I think because of the Daily Show and all of these you know and and now all the the, the shows that are on and because of social media and everybody's mm -hmm. kind of a comedian and everybody's you know we do live in this sort of post satire world where like we just nobody knows where the line is. It just is. seems so slippery to me. It yeah. Is. It is. But, you know, at your point, and I guess Malcolm Gladwell's point, which is to say that comedy is actually like a really bad tool. Well, for, I, don't like, know that I, think, I don't know that I think hmm. it's a bad tool. I mean, Malcolm Gladwell made that point on his podcast, which was that satire actually can have the opposite of the intended effect, right. which is instead of skewering the person, it actually softens, softens them up. And his example was the Sarah Palin thing on Saturday Night Live, where you know, you had Tina Fey doing this like brilliant, brilliant impression of her, but actually it made her, the actual Sarah Palin, like kind of more likable. More likable, yeah. yeah. And then in fact, she came on the show, right? And like she was there being herself. So obviously she wasn't, you know, and, and I don't know that I totally agree with Gladwell because I think like the, the impressions that people are doing now of the president, um, Alec Baldwin, oh, by the way, who is another one, like I'm worried what's gonna come out. Because he's friends him. with every abuser in Hollywood. I know. In any case, I you know I don't know. Like if if the comedy is doing the job that it I, maybe I don't know what job comedy is supposed to do. Actually. Well, right. Like so, that's a good question. Like so, this whole like truth to power idea and and you know and we saw with Hannibal Burris and Bill Cosby and all that. You know, th there was this notion that like oh these guys are doing what our society can't do. Um, do you think mm. that that's like really true or valid, or do you think that's really not part of the job? Do you mean in terms of Hannibal Burris calling out Bill Cosby? Right. Well, Bill Cosby wouldn't have been really exposed if it weren't for Hannibal Burris. For right? sure. For sure. And just to refresh my memory, did he do it as part of a... A bit. He did it he, as a bit. He, he, yeah, he, he did it on he, stage? He, said, he, he was in Philadelphia and he said, you know, I, he goes, himself was a great album, but I would give that up for him to stop, like, raping women. Yeah. You know. So he kind of made it a joke. He kind of made it a joke. But yeah, so the point is, anyone could have made that comment on a podcast or Malcolm Gladwell could have made that comment right. but he's the one who did so I don't think that's necessarily related to being a stand up that was just a rare oh I thought he did it in his act he did it but some random person filmed it on YouTube and yeah that so it wasn't viral. planned it wasn't really planned but so then I saw you did something on Bikram Yoga right like where you had right where you're talking about this guy who's like raped all these women and yes um, and I was kind of wondering like were you trying when you're doing that were you trying I'm to kind of like, films you it. want to do another Hannibal Burns? You know what's like, so funny is two weeks ago, I was in, or three, like three weeks ago, I was in LA and I did a joke about, I was, it was after the Harvey Weinstein thing, obviously, I was talking about sexual harassment. I go, look, I go, I've been assaulted by men in the theater world. Like, right. obviously, I had, I had a guy like tweak my nipples, a guy pinch my ass, I had some one guy pull up my penis for like 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, and, and, and the, and the worst part about it, he didn't even give me a part on House of Cards. Yeah, uh, and then I said, you know Kevin Spacey's gay, right? But this was like two weeks before it all broke. No. And I was like, damn it, I wish someone had recorded that and wow, I'd been the one to break it. You could have yeah. been the guy. But yeah. see, but but the way it actually, um, yeah, but it was actually, what you would do there, right, is you would kind of like, it would have been a laugh line, right? And then sort of like, they made a bunch of jokes about Harvey Weinstein, like yeah. at the Oscars. No, but you could have been Kevin Spacey's Hannibal Burris. I know. Right. I mean, that made his career. Right. I think you were. I knew I you were, were, I knew you were thinking history. about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about the Greenwich, um, the local Greenwich elections. Yeah. That sounds snappy, right? Super fun. And yeah, there's this is a little inside baseball, right? right. Because well, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intro it because I'm going to tell you, Andrew, as Andrew and I were discussing what we should talk about this week. 
Um, obviously, there were elections all over the country, but Andrew really wanted to focus on <laughs> the local elections in his quote-unquote fancy Connecticut hometown of Greenwich, and he sent me a link to an article about um, the fact that there were all these women running for um, seats on the RTM. I don't even know what that Re- is. Uh, representative Town Meeting. Okay, so this like very, very local town council. With 230 members. It's okay. like the biggest in the country. With 230 yeah. members. Um, and, and all these women were running for the seats for the first time. And Andrew's, Andrew's note to me was, look, women are trying to take over local government. So I guess my first question, Andrew, is um, were you kidding? Uh, well, so I actually had two different guys uh, sort of come up to me before that week saying, by the way, you got to vote this week because women are trying to take over the local government. And I was like, okay, now I got to. <laughs> so you're just reporting. I, so I was, yeah, I was, uh, and, I, and I don't always think about how my texts are going to, uh, <laughs> are going to show up on the, on the air. But, um, but yeah, so the story really was that there was this um, group, March On and then Indivisible. There's sort of these two groups. I, I've heard of them. Yeah, that are, um, that were kind of... Encouraging in, women to run. Encouraging women to run, basically based on the idea that like they really don't like Trump and they don't like that, the message of what, and so the, their are solution... Are they all Democrats? Well, that's a good question, um, and I th- a lot of them are. It but turns not all. out, but not but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so basically, what happened was the, there were about fifty of these women um, kind of got on the ballot, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then there was this this, this right wing. Yeah, kind of I did read about. Bar. I read about him, and he got on saying like, "Don't vote for any of the women who are in this election because we don't know whether they're these." He called them invisible, but indivisible people, mm-hmm. um, because they're not saying they're part I think of the group. He called them bored housewives. Ooh. Yeah, and he called them sort of pussy hat, whatever <laughs> liberals, because of the march, and and so he was just incredibly condescending. On purpose. Um, and right, so I mean, and that's kind of his thing. He's kind of a right wing um, provocateur, and what that wound up doing in the election is um, it galvanized the voters. It galvanized the voters to the extent that basically every woman who ran. In, including on the board of taxation, um, one. Wait, why is that weird? The board of taxation. So what was weird about the board of taxation is that the board of taxation for like seventy years in Greenwich has been um, Republican. Oh, Republican. It's been Republican, and for the first time in seventy years, which is basically forever, it's been it, the Democrats won, and it was just because they had three women on there, okay. and they happened to be Democrats, and so that so basically every woman in the in the town got in and, and voted for a woman and it has well, changed do you think some of the men voted for women too <laughs> i think some um and but i think that and i think that some just kind of get votes you probably get kind of a big i mean when you're voting for 230 people yeah you don't no, know who any of, of you don't know who any of these people are you're you just voting know based their names. on their names right, right. so so, um, so i did notice there were some people called like sandy yeah <laughs> like, right sandy Litvak, who is, was a man a man but, all right i wasn't yeah. sure but um <laughs> So, so here was so here was what was interesting. So, on the one hand, I said, "Well, this is identity politics, right?" So, my my first take on it was like, "That why should we? This is probably a bad thing." Was my first instinct because (laughs) why are we? Because you're a man. Because there's no well, not partially because I'm a man, but partially because, like, just because Donald Trump's a horrible person and is terrible to women, like that doesn't mean that that should be anything that we need to vote on. Especially when like they're doing things like real estate and like local zoning ordinances and stuff you like that. You were offended. You were offended. So that was my first instinct. And then my second instinct was then I looked at 
these bloggers, and they were kind of doing the opposite identity politics. They sure. were actually saying like, don't vote for them because they're women. Pretty much, and, and exactly. And and then I felt like, oh, like that's worse. Like that's actually like the white male identity. I politics. think that's actually called sexist. I guess. Well, it's but it was a kind of identity politics in its own. It was kind of trying to appeal to me as a white man, saying right. like, vote as a white man right. to stop all these women from running, and that to me said. And so my my take, and then my third takeaway one was like I actually think it's going to be good for the town because I think it's going to, there's all these people who've been there forever and they needed to have fresh so blood. So it's change. change and it's good. change. And that body, by the way, is the most annoying thing in the world. Like they never get anything well, done. I hope they're and, not listening to this. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, <laughs> you're going to be run out of town. You can't major. make any kind of a decision with 230 people in a room. Yeah. It, like, it does seem like so, a bit unwieldy. Um, so I think it's all a, a good thing, but, but what I, how I kind of reconciled it was that, that identity politics, which I think didn't work for Hillary, like actually didn't work for the men, the white man in this right. town. Like that actually that identity politics, um, well, so here's, here's, there's a reverse identity politics yeah. that works just as mm-hmm. badly. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I'm intrigued by this idea of identity politics, so I did a little research on it because mm-hmm. um, it's a term that gets thrown around a lot these days. Um, and it turns out that actually what identity politics originally meant was movements like the civil rights movement where where previously oppressed or marginalized groups got together in order to effect political change. So I think you can't say that the white men are using it, just technically, I'm not correcting you, but it's interesting, right? Which is like, you can't say that white men are using identity politics. What they are doing is actually sexist because they have always been the dominant group, right? And the idea, and then again, I was thinking like, are these women actually running on a platform of identity politics or are you just, do people just think they're doing that because they're women, right? Identity politics is not the same as having an identity. Yeah. Right? But they all have, the votes. They can't help the fact that they're women. But the votes were, right. When, when you, but when you don't know anything about them except their name, right? Whether they're women or men. I just then think it says more about the mind of the voter than it yeah. does about, you know, you don't know each individual platform of each one of those People. And obviously they were running under the aegis of like indivisible or whatever, yeah. you know, and they were making an effort to run and, ch- and, and change a very male body to a, to a somewhat more equal one. I don't yeah. know. What was the outcome though now? Is it so like the, out- the outcome is that there's a ton of women running do government you know the now. I, I didn't do the, the numbers right. on it, but like, <laughs> Listeners, uh, that's your job. but basically every woman who ran, I think got it, got it, which got is seat. what happened in Virginia too, right? Yeah. The, I think the house of in the local government of Virginia, 11 women ran and 11 women won. Yeah. So, uh, so clearly Trump is a, is, is a strong catalyst, um, for, for uh, advancement yeah. of women in politics. And we'll, we'll sort of see what happens <laughs> next year, but, uh, yeah, that, another that was, irony of the, of the current administration. That was, that was my take on it, which was to say that if the reaction to identity politics is more identity politics, mm-hmm. you won't win. And, um, and, uh, you know, so when we see these kind of angry white men, like, I think that that is not a good strategy. And, oh, we and agree. It's, a, it's a failing strategy. I, I'm all on board with that. Um, yeah. so, so that, and then did you want to talk about toxic masculinity or should we wrap it up and save some for our next, next podcast? I, I actually think it'd be interesting because we have Bill here. And I can especially. always cut some of this. So toxic yeah, yeah. masculinity, you think me, is that it? Okay. <laughs> no, I just thought it's actually a nice opportunity to, to be in the minority in this setting and have two men here that I could ask about this, which is, you know, I don't think, you know, when Andrew and I set out to do this, I don't think like gun policy was top of our list of things that we would talk about. It's gotten really hard to 
avoid talking about it, certainly online, with all of the um, shootings that have happened, I mean, forever, but especially the really bad ones in the last couple weeks in Texas and in Las Vegas. And uh, I wrote something on Facebook where I said, uh, I just gave a list of statistics, and I said 99% of um, mass shooters are men, 98% of sex offenders are men, uh, I said 70% of murderers are men, and someone told me my number was low on that, that it's actually a higher percentage. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't go back and correct it. Um, and I said, you know, why are we not talking about the fact that when we're looking for commonalities, we're always like, what motivated these shooters? Like, why do we never, you know, and if they were all Chinese or they were all redheads or they were all from uh, Minnesota, right? We would be drawing conclusions from that. But the fact that they're all men is something that I don't think gets discussed, maybe it gets discussed in like Jezebel, but not in mainstream media. And and I, and then I did a caveat at the end and I said like, I don't, I don't think all men are evil. I don't think 99% of men are murderers. Like I'm married to a man. I have lots of male friends. Right, but all the bad people are men. <laughs> well, all of the violent, I mean, like, and right. if we're talking about the mass shootings, like, really, almost 100% of them. Yeah. Um, and so... So where does that get you? Like, Well, so then I thought about this idea of toxic masculinity, which is, like, why is it... Do we just say, that's just how men are? Men are just more aggressive. Men are just more violent. Men are just more likely to cross those, really, not just lines, like, taboos into murder and sexual assault. To me, that feels sexist. I don't want to say I think that's just how men are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then the alternative is like, what's creating that situation? And I, I know that's a huge question. Well, can I, we're not going to solve it here, but I want to hear shot. your take on it. So you're saying balls. <laughs> balls. So you're saying balls and testosterone. Testosterone is a hell of a drug. Yeah. And sure. people go crazy because they have testosterone. So the more testosterone you have, the more. I mean, it's also a question of, 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 uh, of power. You know, if women have power in 50 years, are women going to be assaulting and killing and murdering? Is that going to be, if there's a power dynamic? Is that, is and, that and if women are in power, might that cut down on the number of yes. mass shootings? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I'm not a big advocate of, like, if women ran the world, there would be no war. That seems reductive to me. Um, but I guess I'm thinking something along those lines. You know, you don't really need men, right? You could actually... <laughs> That's actually not true. <laughs> it is true. You know, you really don't. Like, you could very easily... You have plenty of frozen sperm. Yeah. And, That's and true. What you just do, you get all the OBGYNs. Just, like, it's pretty easy to, like, make that switch. Andrew, I like men. Take out all the embryos that are male. And then you just have women. And then you just keep on... Yeah, it's like the inverted handmaid, handmaid's tail, right? Exactly. Um, oh, now that... There, I mean, you should just go write that right now. Yeah. Like, just, just copyright that idea yeah. and do it. Um, so, you know, so here was the, the basic problem I have with your argument. Andrew uh, thought I was trying to trigger him. Well, I did. I, I this was one of those things where, I, like, I wrote a page, like, that I was angry on Facebook, and then I deleted it, then I wrote another, <laughs> then I deleted it, and then I just wrote, are you trying to trigger me, <laughs> Um So here's the thing. 100% of all these people are humans, right? So you have, right? So yes. you could say, oh, well, we have a human problem. You know, or 98% of them are male. So we say, oh, we have a male problem. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't doesn't tell you really anything. You have to cut down to the sides of the group where you can say, okay, there's some some actual data here that we can can work with where we can actually make some real changes. Because the only solution, given the way that you phrased the problem, Mm -hmm. is like, let's just get rid of men. No, I actually don't. That's not at all. (laughs) Just cut one testicle every man. No, or that. No, I'm saying like, what is it about our 
culture, and I really am saying human culture because it's, I don't think this is just in America. What is it about human culture that we could improve? Right. That would, and definitely not advocating getting rid of men. Like, right. that's silly. So, but what could we change? Because I think it's tough to be a man. Like, I'm not saying that, I don't think, like, you know, that this I, is a great burden for you guys to bear. Like, I think it's, uh, you know, I, yeah, I think we could change I'm gonna come at it from a different yeah. side. I think, yes, men suck and men have to be better, but guess what? So do women. Sure. Because a lot of these problems, a lot of these assault problems, all these violence problems, like there are women there who could have done something yeah. about it and they didn't. They all and have the moms. Fact they're like, we didn't. He was the, the girlfriends of wives. You know how many, you I know. Know how many I people. I just think you can say that's like. But you know how many people Harvey, Harvey Weinstein molested, harassed, and they, and they told their boyfriends, their boyfriend's like, fuck that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to them. No, no, no. Don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. No, 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 no. no seriously. Because Harvey Weinstein still had the power. Yeah, but at the same time, if all the women are, are, are saying, don't talk to these men or don't do anything, and they're not making a statement, and they're not doing anything, well, they, they have to claim some responsibility. For now, after 15 years after the fact, but the, and hopefully, it'll, look, if it changes in the future, like you said, for the future generations, yes. and women are now more in real time talking about what's happening and coming forward right away and going to the cops. Will that like, change men's behavior, do you think? Absolutely. I think it will. I think it will. But I think right now women are conditioned because of men, because of society, whatever it is, to zip it up and not do anything and now they're like well now we have power well you better keep the power mm. you now now that you're claiming it, you better have happy, responsibility i think we'd be for happy it. to share it yeah i actually we don't want it all it could the, you could see it's funny because i never really thought the margaret atwood thing when i read it like in the in the 80s like i never thought it was realistic at yeah, all yeah but but actually i could see there being like a gender conflict like that you actually could see mm. um men and women starting to get into you know um like it was the first time where i was like well yeah that atwood thing maybe could actually happen because could men could basically like we're really threatened now yeah. like women are taking over the government they're you know they're running the police starting, starting with the rtm and yeah, they I, have a ways we have a ways to go <laughs> they do they do but i thought it was i think it, it was it was sort of interesting that and then when you hear like you sort of say well we have a problem the 98 percent of all the mass shooters are men so well that's I mean, my goal what being, strange, my goal being, like, let's it. prevent, let's cut down on the number of mass shootings. Yes. My yes. goal is not let's get rid of men. My goal is I don't want to go out every right. time so, I go to the movies so with address, my children and be afraid I'm going to get shot. You address like, guns man. and mental health and you economic factors and culture I do think that masculinity, that I think that the culture of masculinity is a big part of it. Yeah. No, it is. is. There's, there's no doubt that that is a uh, common variable. It is, yeah. a, it is a greatest common denominator. But again, so is being a human being. Yes. Right? Every one of those, you know, and being a mammal and being, yeah, you know, yeah. so like, um, it's a big problem. I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> and the, but the cult of ma like masculinity as defined as the toxic has definitely like over the years softened sure. quite, yeah, a, it's quite a bit better. You I mean think. like dad's changed. Well, like the now. beginning of civilization was what Pat Oswalt said. It was like, let's have rape for dinner. You know yeah. what I mean? It was right. just constant murder and rape and murder sure. and rape for thousands and thousands. I mean, up until very recently, yes. that yeah. was a very common practice. Yes. And so men are adapt are adapting into a, a modern, you know, No, there's evolution. change. There's certainly change that's happened. So uh, we just need more. <laughs> thank you for coming on. Uh, now, no, as you thank you so much. As you know, we have we have we have one listener, Toby. So if yeah, you Toby. Promote, hi, Toby. If you want to promote uh, your gigs to Toby, uh, I'm sure he would appreciate one, it. You can have one person to. Oh, yours. good. I think the only thing that I want to promote is my movie that's on Amazon Prime now that yeah. I co-wrote, co-produced, and starring called Before the Sun Explodes. Awesome. Uh -huh. So watch it, Toby. Yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure he will. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next week. Awesome. Okay.